We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Hey, that's the big voice guy. That means I get JP back one more time. Actually, it'll probably be twice before we start hoops, which is always a ton of fun because we get to see multiple games and we are both a couple of gym rats. Yeah, and good luck to all the, the teams that started their pra- uh, first week of practice today um, as we record this on Monday. Um, the, the grind has begun. Yeah, it is. And for some of the dual sport athletes still playing, the Alex yeah. Wilcoxons of the world, the Caleb Bennings, they're, they're double dipping. I don't know. I, I assume Alex is. I saw uh, Isaiah McMorris uh, at the gym early this morning for Bellevue West. And if you're talking Class A in terms of guys that played late into the season, there's probably 15, 20 guys that that, that falls into, which is kind of good to see because that means people are being multiple sport athletes. And congrats, to Isaiah. Yeah. congrats to Isaiah on that offer from Nebraska, Penn State recently, uh, starting to take off. That, that move paid off for him. Yeah, it did. And uh, he had a nice little tweet the other day or yesterday where he said, listen, you know, a lot of people didn't believe. I don't know if I would get into that. I mean, he's 18 years old, yeah. so, I mean, whatever. But I kind of guard against that. But whatever, whoever believed what, that doesn't matter. Basically, the point of what he was saying was, it's all starting to kind of take shape for him now, and and uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of how it progresses. That twenty twenty four class is really starting to shape up. Um, f- so as you're kind of looking at this deal, and there's there's one class in particular where you've seen a lot of upsets, but are you surprised at the chalk? When all said and done, uh, the last team standing. Not really. I mean, we especially in the, those top three classes, we got the matchups that we've kind of been waiting for all year. I know Class A was a little bit more even at at the top um, throughout the season, but in B and C one, I mean, a few weeks in the season, it re- it seemed like the the top two teams had separated themselves from the rest of the pack. And sure enough, here we are at the end of the season, and it's we get those matchups that we've been talking about all season with. Uh, Bennington and Gross and um, Pierce and Aurora uh, in, in C1. So we got a lot of chalk there, one and two in A with Westside and Gretna. Um, like you said, we had a, a few upsets. Uh, D1, we've got some lower seeds. Um, and C2, we also got some lower seeds. But then we got one and two in, in D2 as well. So a lot, lot of chalk, uh, but credit to those, those lower seeded teams that have made a run here. And yeah. we'll talk about one of them in particular that is particularly impressive. Yeah, I tell you, uh, in, in D2, or excuse me, in D1, because I'll be on that call. I got to start there only because we're walking through off-air the stat line. 
with what happened with um, Neely Oakdale. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Now, there's there'll be some other people yeah. listening. I've done this a while, but only 20 – so almost 20 years, not including the time when I was playing where I'd actually called myself a historian. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen what we're getting ready to yeah. talk about here shortly. And that's quarterback uh, Aiden Kusty, however you say his name. Sorry, sorry, Aiden. Uh, haven't seen it before. but um, So it's a 50-28 win for the fifth seed in Neely Oakdale over number one seed North Platte St. Pat's. And, okay, listen Which, to this. which is yeah. a huge upset. Yeah. Listen to the stat line because it'll take me a while. So <laughs> lock in here. 21 for 27 for 359 yards and five touchdowns passing. All right. That in itself uh, is as good as what we've seen. 33 carries for 191 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Again, that's as good as uh, many of the games we've seen all season long. 20 tackles, five tackles for loss, two sacks, two interceptions. All that by one player. And I know eight man is a little different. Like the, the stats aren't. Yeah, but you're only playing 11, on an 80 yard field. Still. Still. Like, yeah. Like to, to do all of that in a single game that I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a more impressive all around performance. I, I think the last time I saw a performance that dominant and it didn't yield the yardage was probably Wyatt Mazur, who had an interception for a touchdown, a kick return for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown. He ran for one, and he threw for another. He was ridiculous. He, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I remember leaving that game, and I was thinking to myself, I don't care what class he plays in. He can play big-time football. <laughs> he was such a good natural runner. He was good in yeah. small spaces. He was good in bigger spaces. He was versatile. He was unbelievable. Yeah, I was not surprised that he ended up covering out a role for himself in Nebraska by yeah. the end of his career. Um, but so, yeah, that was, again, I, I don't think we're not going to top that uh, anytime soon. I don't think he had 200 yard receivers. Bryson Gaddikin caught 11 passes for 179 yards and three scores. Chase first and now, uh, four catches for 110 yards and two receptions or two touchdowns. Um, so just really impressive. Um, so we got the feisty moving on. And since we're there, the, on the other side, Clarkson Lee, uh, the, the seven seed knocking off three seed Stanton. 54 to 12. So not only do we have upsets in both games in D1, they have blowouts. Yeah, convi yeah, convincing fashion. Kyle Kasich, 36 carries for 294 yards and six touchdowns, eight tackles, one tackle for a loss, and one fumble recovery. So um, it wasn't quite uh, what we saw for, from Aiden, but uh, a really impressive performance in his own right. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. And, I mean, I've, I've seen some kind of inflated stats um, – at some of the lower levels, but the totality in which he does both sides is, and I'm not, I mean, listen, I'm not talking like Carter Nelson and Ainsworth, right? Where you kind of do everything. You, 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 you grab the mail, you take out the trash, that kind of deal. The, the number of tackles with the rushing yards and the throwing yards, I don't care what level you're playing. I mean, that's some unbelievable statistics. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so that, it'll be fun to see, uh, again, QC against Kasich uh, out there on Memorial uh, at the field at Memorial Stadium. And how interesting is that? That, And I know they've got Hitchcock County in D2, but you know who opened, who Neely Oakdale opened with to start their season? Who? Hal's Dodge. And, and that was a 50-12 to 12 game in which Hal's Dodge won that football game. I mean, that just lets you know <laughs> – what folks are going to be working with at House Dodge. 
Yeah. Well, hey, look at that. That uh, 50 to 12 was also their score against uh, 12 seed Central Valley uh, in the D2 semifinals. Lance Brester, 28 carries for 245 yards, Gosh, four touchdowns. A, he's a handful. Caught a 35-yard uh, touchdown. So, um, yeah, that, that kid's – it was a huge part of their run last year and back again carrying the load for, for Hal's Dodge, who – you mentioned Hitchcock County, the two seed. They won 48 nothing over six seed Bloomfield. So. Yeah, talking to my guy Tony Chapman, who is all over the various classes across central and western Nebraska. He's kind of pegged this one for the last three or four weeks in anticipation of this matchup with Hitchcock County and Howes Dodge. Kind of this uh, this irresistible force, immovable object kind of thing. Just a, a lot like what people have been talking about with, with Aurora and yeah. Pierce. In a similar vein with Howes Dodge, their size and power up front with Hitchcock County and their ability to move the ball on offense, i.e. Pierce. I wouldn't I don't think either one of those two teams call it David and Goliath, but in terms of how they're built, kind of they're vastly different in terms of how they got there. Yeah, no doubt. Um and that's so that's one of one, two, three, four, uh, I believe four classes. We've got the one versus two seed. Um, we just talked about D1. Um, C2 is the other one w- with some big upsets there. Um, credit to Hardington Cedar Catholic. The miracle run here as the 12 seed uh, advancing to the state final. The 6 nothing win over 9 seed Battle Creek. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, and Battle Creek had, had, had upset a lot of folks along the way, right? Yeah. Um, so again, that, that was you were gonna you're gonna end up with a, a, a lower seed uh, in the final because of how that half shook out. But uh, on the other side, you had the the three seed Norfolk Catholic making a return to the, the championship game, the runner up last year uh, with 38-6 win over a two seed Ord. Impressive uh, performance there uh, by by the Knights. There it was 10 nothing after the first quarter, then 21 nothing uh, in the second quarter. So 31 nothing at halftime. That game was over. I tell you what, when is, are you one of those guys, and you you go to a lot of places like like me, where you're not afraid to travel within the state of Nebraska to go see a variety of sporting events? Are you pretty cool with having these games at Memorial Stadium, even for some of these smaller classes? Because I actually like it, just because I see how they support it. Now, conversely, you and I will also go to high school gyms during state basketball, and we say, "Oh, this is kind of where it belongs in a small kind of packed gym." Like. What are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think ultimately what matters most is kind of what the the players think and how much they value that experience of going to play on that field. Um, like so many kids grow up Nebraska fans watching games at, at that. Many of them probably attend games there uh, as kids. So the opportunity to play on that field. It if we're talking strictly atmosphere and earned and all that type of stuff. Yeah, home home site that would give you the better atmosphere because again, no matter. High school football, you're not filling Memorial Stadium. Like, it's just not possible uh, with uh, the population involved. So, um, y- yeah, you don't d- typically get the best atmospheres. And, and um, again, for some of the lower classes, you got to adjust the field, and that kind of makes it a little weird. Um, but ultimately, I think there are a lot of kids that, um, that see the opportunity to play at Memorial Stadium as something really cool and a kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, collision course as we jump to C1, basically kind of what we've been forecasting all year as Aurora over a feisty Boone Central bunch. I actually thought that one may be a little closer 
I have to go back and watch it once uh, all these coaches send in the huddle tapes. But 2012 at halftime. Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of that was kind of how I thought that this game would go, just knowing the the two opponents. But Aurora pulls away. 20 nothing third quarter. Yeah. That's that's really the what difference. happened. Yeah, and Carlos Colazzo was back. It sounded like he uh, it still isn't totally healthy, um, but looked healthy with it. I know it had a 63-yard run in the second half that set up a touchdown, um, had a 33-yard touchdown himself. Um, so uh, just good, good to have him back on the, on the field. Hopefully a couple extra days off will allow him to get closer to, to 100% because we want to see these kids at their best uh, on the biggest stage. Um, but, yeah, really impressive performance by Aurora. It was a 40-19 was the final there. And, again, that was 20-12. to 12. So um, that, that third quarter is really when, uh, when Aurora delivered the knockout blow because it was only 7-0 uh, after the first quarter. And, like I said, 20-12 at halftime. So very much within reach for, uh, for Boone Central. But uh, Aurora just inevitable. <laughs> Nobody can stop them this year. That was so along the same vein. Pretty impressive what Pierce did, too, because I actually, I wouldn't have put them on upset alert, but I felt like this game against Adam Central was going to be a tough one. Yeah, and we know Adam Central uh, has been tested this year. They played some really good teams. Very, very capable. Yeah, as six seed there, and um, but, I mean, Pierce jumped on him 21-7 after the first quarter. Uh, Adam Central kept it close in the second quarter, but then 12 nothing in the third quarter. Uh, to pull away, and uh, Adam Central got a few points back in the fourth, but 45-26 was the final there, and um, it was Keenan Valverde taking the, the lead there. Um, obviously, we know Schulting, we know Bramer, but yeah. uh, Valverde, 27 carries for 312 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Um, Schulting, 6-11, 79 yards, two scores, uh, 11 carries, 78 yards, and, and two more scores, so kind of doing his typical thing, but um, impressive performance on the ground for, for Pierce there. When you're talking about kind of stylistically, is this the, is this about Aurora's interior versus Pierce's ability to be multiple? Because they play a little bit different offensively than I think what Aurora may be used to seeing at, at, at this level. Probably more closer to what Aurora would see last year in their classification. So maybe there's some give and take there. Yeah, um, it, it'll be a fun matchup. Again, we've been waiting for it all season long. Um, I think these are by far the, the two most talented players in the or teams in the class. They both got some big time difference makers, uh, and now we get to see them uh, duke it out there down at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, and another one. It's just kind of it's working out for us for folks that like to cover these games in Class B, number one versus number two. And the one that I think everybody wanted to see. And Gross coming off a tough one in which I was surprised to see the number of points scored. There were some wild swings in that game. But good on him as, as Gross finds a way to get past Scott's bluff. Yeah. Uh, start with the, the Bennington game there. 23-7. So, uh, Waverly, they put up a fight there. They couldn't quite um, move the ball, score well enough to, to stay in it. But they held that Bennington offense in check which isn't something that anybody has really done um obviously the, the uh Elkhorn North is the closest that we've seen um and it ended up on uh, still being a 16 point game so they've won by two scores yet again but um that was 7-7 after the first quarter um and then Waverly just couldn't score 16 nothing the rest of the way but um that uh, Evan Castens had a good game 94 yards on the ground um and a touchdown caught a couple of passes um they they just 
couldn't quite score against that, that tough Bennington defense. But credit to Waverly. Um, I think they showed well. So when you're taking a look at are we paying attention to kind of battle-tested or style? Because it seems like Bennington hasn't, it hasn't always been pretty, although they've always been the proverbial fave. Yeah. And, scu- and, excuse me, Grud has been, Gross has been the feel-good story. How, what do you think the narrative is going into this one? Because neither may be true. It's kind of maybe just our perception as this season's unfolded. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bennington – the streaks that they're on how many in a row is this now uh dating back to last season like they are the 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 powerhouse program in in class b right now um they're on an unbelievable run with with the kids they've got within their program and um really good senior class they've got some underclassmen that are playing big roles as well um so i don't think they're going away anytime soon but um i don't know that they they've played their best football down the stretch but also they played some of their tougher opponents so um it's better to, to, to be tested, but also um, it's not like they've uh, looked like an unstoppable juggernaut the last few weeks, which they had previously. So it's, uh, I think setting up for uh, a really good game here in B, the B final. You've done this a long time. Let me ask you something. Do you believe in peaking or do you think because of injuries um, and kind of the psyche of young people in high school, being up for games, down for some that it's not as linear as that. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think the concept of peaking at the right time is something that every team is striving for. It's not always something that you can control. Things happen, like you said, injuries, um, and part of it, kind of the schedule plays out, like you're, uh, depending on when you play your toughest games and, and things like that. Um, but that 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 is important to to be playing well going into the postseason, heading into these games, to have figured out your strengths, like how you want to play, how you can play every game out, what, what can you rely on in the big moments. I think that's the most important part is as you go through the season, find out who you are as a team um, and, and the way that you're going to play uh, no matter what the opponent throws at you. Um, so I think that, that, that plays into that as well. Um, and we talked about it was at 49 uh, 35 final for Gross against Kosbuff, and it was a pretty wild game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'll try to recap it here. It was 14 nothing uh, from uh, start for Gross. Uh, they they scored in five plays on the opening drive, then picked off Scottsbluff on their first play of offensive play of the game, um, and then put together a Sebastian Boyle touchdown drive. Uh, or it's and then Scottsbluff answered uh, with the Sebastian Boyle touchdown drive to make it 14-7 at the end of the first. Um, they uh, gross open the the second quarter with a uh, Jake Garcia touchdown uh, and then uh, uh, Owen Brennan touchdown to make it 28 seven. You're like, Oh boy, here we go. Um, gross is going to run away with it. They answered answered with a, a touchdown drive from Sebastian Boyle, 13 seconds left in the half. So um, it's, that's 28 14 there. Um, and then Scott Buff gets the ball first, starts the second half and they, they score, take advantage of it. Um, so now you're feeling, all right, we're right back in it, 28-21 uh, at that point, I believe. Uh, and then Jake Garcia, next play, rips off a 65-yard touchdown. Um, then Gross gets a stop, and Kobe Duncan hits Weston miller Ivy for a 41-yard touchdown uh, to go up 42-21. And that's the, the, the score heading into the fourth quarter. And to make things worse for Scottsbluff, Sebastian Boyle has to exit the game with an injury. Yeah, that w- I don't know if that – 
ultimately how yeah. it changes, but the psyche for sure uh, is different. And but credit to Scott Spot, Jackson Allen stepping up, um, scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter um, to. Uh, to, to pull Scott Smith within a touchdown, gave themselves a chance, and they got the ball back mm-hmm. with a minute 56 to play. So in, uh, impressive resiliency by Scott Smith. You go down 41, or 42-21 heading into the fourth without your best player um, and t- to rally and, and give yourself a chance, that's impressive. But Owen Brennan, again, 60-yard pick six to seal that thing with about 73 seconds left to go. I can't uh, wait to watch him in real, real time. Yeah, because I, I think he's pretty underappreciated. He, he was impressive in the, the game that I saw against Elkhorn uh, earlier in the season, uh, just kind of playing all over running back, linebackers, making plays all over the field. So um, so that was, uh, Gross held on to, to win there with that pick six. That kind of slammed the door shut. But Jake Garcia, 26 carries for 263 or 260 I, yards I, I, and three I love, touchdowns. I got to stop you real quick. I love – the way he runs the ball. I watch him a ton. He is fun. So I I talk about patience, and I was going through it with the broadcast and watching Michigan and in Nebraska, and his ability to to know what his offensive line is doing, the tempo in which he's got to kind of run the ball, and then when to hit it, well, he is a gifted, gifted runner. Yeah, and he's got some pretty good linemen to run behind, too. So they open up some holes, and he hits them the right way every single time. Um, and credit to Boyle, went over 300 yards rushing and three touchdowns before having to leave the game. Like, yeah. that that kid is going to be the guy next year. Um, when we talk about how great the running back talent is in this class, most of those guys were seniors this year. Uh, Boyle's just a junior. He'll be back for another year. Yeah, and now the offensive line will change a yeah. little, obviously. But, hey, um, he's the real deal. And he's kind of a heavy runner. Like, the way that he goes into contact and moves piles, he's going to be interesting to watch because I, I think he's a better athlete than I think maybe we give him credit for being tucked up there, out there, out west, uh, kind of on the border. I, I think his game translates regardless of class. And I wouldn't say that about a lot of guys having success at, at multiple classes. I do think – his game does translate. Yeah. I was disappointed that the schedule didn't work out for me to get out to one of those games where Scott's Bluff made the, the trip east. Or, um, uh, so, but we'll have another uh, chance next year. Hopefully Scott's Bluff can, can put together a good team around him and have a chance to show off how special he is. Yeah, you and all your free time, right? <laughs> you and all your free time as we jump to Class A. And a couple games that were over early. Um, we'll start with... Let's start with what Westside and, and, and Grand Island is. Um, man, you know, we left a little, a few points out there on the field, but uh, especially in the first half, it could have really gotten out of hand. But I felt like a pretty impressive performance against the team in Grand Island that was trending in the right direction, especially defensively. Oh, yeah. 38-7 was the final there. It was 10 nothing after the first quarter. Um, it was 24 nothing at halftime. 31 nothing heading into the fourth quarter. And then um, Grand Island got a late score to, to avoid the shutout. But uh, he had touchdowns from James Ross, Kurt Kubrick, uh, Teddy Rizak, um, uh, Ty Dingman, and Anthony Rizak. Uh, so nice, uh, good job of spreading the ball around, getting a bunch of different guys involved, and everybody uh, got a, p- a chance to make an impact. Yeah, so I think the thing that it's kind of starting to make this team different and um, – the ability to shut down the running back run game. 
I think has really helped uh, Westside since North Platte. Yeah. Right. Tilford got busy and he was kind of a man amongst boys in that one. And we were having a hard time figuring out the cons, the schemes and how we wanted to play. Um, I think getting our safeties to buy into fitting in the run game. And we, I felt like we were good shutting Feller down against Millard South. We were, we gave up the one long run against Lincoln Southwest, but it's a team that had been good against the run predominantly all year is really starting to kind of hit, hit stride. And those RPOs and the quick game from Grand Island, Evans just, he just really couldn't get it going, even though he is a heck, he is a tough, tough kid. He took some shots in that one on Friday. Yeah, so impressive performance. What what was the score the first time you guys played again? Uh, that one was forty-two fourteen. Okay, so similar similar margin there, but yeah, uh, they again, so so on this one in the first one they got a pick six to start. They they jumped out. Yeah, seven nothing. They got a pick six against us in NGI, and and then this one we scored late. They scored late on a um I don't know it was middle of the fourth quarter or yeah. something. We you know we had subbed a little bit, but. Um, I felt like defensively we had a good handle on, on, on what they wanted to do. But I'm, I'm happy with our special teams, too. That's the other thing. Our kicking game, return game, kickoff, place kicking is really, really strong. That, that, that is just such a big luxury to have a kicker like Tristan Alvano. Yeah. Like there's, there are very few kickers that are reliable at the high school level in the state right now, and uh, he is absolutely one of them. And just knowing you cross – uh, you get inside the 40, you got a chance to get points out of that drive. There aren't many teams that, that can say that. Um, a lot of time, that's you, you, that's kind of the end of a drive. You stall out there, you got to try to punt it, um, go for it on fourth um, to get a chance to – you don't have to get inside the 20 to get points uh, for your team. That, that that's, that, that's a major advantage, especially in these games where, like, this final game could come down to – a uh, matter of a few points here uh, in the final to have a weapon like that at your disposal. Um, that, that's got to, it's got to be reassuring for your coaching staff, I'm sure. Yeah, and how about the resolve in this one uh, as we flip over to the other side with the team we've been talking about all year, the Gretna Dragons and, and Omaha Creighton Prep and Gretna continuing to do Gretna things. And how about the defensive performance? We knew Prep would probably struggle offensively. They have. This was pretty good from Gretna. Well, so 36-14 was the final there, and um, Prep actually hung in there defensively. Like we we talked about, like how well they were playing on that side of the ball. They probably did enough to give themselves a chance, yep. except for everything else went wrong. Could, so just couldn't get it going offensively. So right off the back, punt block to set up their first touchdown uh, late in the first quarter. Um, and Prep Prep special teams in this one. I've obviously seen it yeah. a thousand times just because we're studying Gretna. Yeah. Boy, their special teams really did them in. I believe uh, there was Culver Demo on that block, um, I, I think. Um, and then they blocked another punt that led to their second touchdown. I think it was Demo again. Um, and then interception led to a field goal with 10 seconds left just before the half. Um, so, again, th two, two punt blocks and an interception set up uh, Gretna's three touchdowns there. Um, and, um, so that, that, or three scores rather. Um, so that's 17, 17, nothing at halftime. Um, come, coming out of the second half, um, 
they're they prep snaps a ball through the end zone for a safety um, on their first drive of the second half. So you're already down, and then that happens, and now you're just uh, you're spinning there. It's 19 nothing at that point, Um, and then they lost a fumble um, that led to another Gretna touchdown, and then another fumble led to Gretna's fourth touchdown late in the third quarter. So basically, all of Gretna's points came on prep mistakes. And that's what they could not afford to have happen. And Gretna is so good at that. Boy, they make you pay. Yeah. And Kay and Russell got two touchdowns in the last four minutes to, to get prep on the board, but they were shut out to that point. And uh, like I said, defensively, like you look at the numbers offensively for Gretna, uh, floor, floor, floors. It's not Flores, it's floors. Floors, yeah. Uh, no emphasis on the Eds. Like that, that's uh, Buddy Mike Sider found, like, Talk to his family after the game. He's like, yeah, people have been saying his, wrong, his name wrong for four years, but nobody uh, – but they Floors. Didn't yes. Floors. Floors. Yep. Um, I don't know why <laughs> Mel should have – he should have alerted the media. He's high – that family, yeah. in terms of – I'm just going to take a couple of seconds just to brag on these guys just for a second. The way that they've handled everything from the time that Zane has gotten to high school, you can easily see why Zane is the type of kid that he is close to the vest, not look at me, head down, extremely humble, good-natured. I mean, I, I I probably talk to Zane's dad as much as anybody, as two guys whose kids compete, have competed against each other for as long as we have, and it's no big deal. Like, I think I cheer for him, he cheers for me. It's just it's easy to see why Zane is who he is, and it's also easy to see why they never really corrected anybody because <laughs> yeah. they just don't get caught up in all that extra yeah. periphery. They just yeah. they just don't. They're just dialed in at the task at hand. And I tell you what, are you concerned at all that they've only thrown for two touchdowns in the last two weeks? Or you think that – because you've seen them. Yeah. You think that's just who they're kind of evolving into – Without with how good Roll was before they lost him to that injury. Yeah, so they lost some big time playmakers on the outside uh, the last few years, um, and um, again losing your best returner early on. He was um, he's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> we were watching us from last. You know, we're yeah. obviously going through film. We're watching last season, and boy, Roll was unreal. My kid Caleb goes, Dad. This guy, his route running, their precision, the little option routes where they kind of sit down. They do the opposite of what you do defensively, so they make you wrong. Yeah. Well, he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, in that game, so Flores only threw for, like you were talking about, 158 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Just 20 attempts. Yeah. Um, only 26 yards on nine carries on the ground. He had that one touchdown to start the game. He is running it a little bit yeah. more than we've seen the last four or five games than we were accustomed to. He broke our back last year uh, with some key scrambles. And I said going into that one, the one thing that I didn't want to happen was him to kind of get loose running the ball because he's a better athlete than yeah. I think people think. And and Prep held Gretna at just 94 yards on 35 carries, 2.7 yards a carry. Weber only had 13, or 35 yards on 13 carries. Um, so impress again, like Prep's defense did its job well enough. Like Gret, uh, Gretna did not have a good day offensively, yet they still scored 36 points because of this, the the field situations that the special teams and offense put the team in. Unfortunately, but listen to this. So we know how good Prep's offensive line is. They got guys all across that front. Um, 
Gretna had 15 tackles for loss, mm -hmm. three sacks. They had an interception. They had two fumble, forced fumbles and fumble recoveries and two punt blocks. Really impressive day by that Gretna defense. Ethan Sturr, 10 tackles, four for loss. Corbett Demma, seven tackles, four for loss. Again, I think it might have been him on those punt blocks. We know about Goldman and Demma. Sturr's the most underappreciated guy on that he, defense. He's been putting up some monster numbers he's, last year. He's incredible. He finds where to be, and he definitely has our offensive coordinator's yeah. attention. We talked about him a ton yesterday in our meetings. And, and then Goldman, four tackles for loss, forced fumble. Um, I think Harrison Weber had a sack in the middle there, um, had either a fumble recovery or a forced fumble there. Like, that that defensive front is so good. That's I, as much run as Flores gets, and he deserves it. This defense has become the face of that team yeah. and the strength of that team. That defensive front in particular, and then the guys in the back end hold up because um, they've got such good play uh, up front. So um, that's something you guys are going to have to do. We're going to have to find a way to. That's last year. I think that's where you guys lost the game last year. It is. Um, we couldn't. We couldn't control their. No. We couldn't control their outside rushers. No, Anthony Rizak was running for his life the yeah. entire time and had never the never, delayed not seen blitzes that. huber yeah. was fantastic who there's no question in, in my opinion was the most underappreciated yeah. player in the state i mean mick he was fantastic he he god he he just was kind of just ruining us one play at a time their delayed blitzes were good so i mean there there was a lot to take away from that tape heading into this one yeah so i'm really looking forward to uh to that one and um so I, I think that covers – we skipped over Class C2 a little bit. Um, wait, did we? We, we, we kind of touched on it, but we didn't mention – Yeah, we've got to give it some run. No, so, yeah, we did, we did hit on those. I, I, I meant the, the six-man is the one that we did Yeah, that I was going to um, say. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, was it five and six seat here? Uh, no, that one's Lincoln, in Kearney, right? <laughs> yeah, Link, yep, Lincoln Parkview, 40-22 win over um, top seed at Sumner Eddie Vimmel, or impressive performance by, by uh, Parkview. And then Pawnee, the, the sixth seed, uh, knocking off two-seed Arthur County. So we have two lower seeds knocking off the top seeds down there in sixth man. So um, that's uh, Friday, their championship game at, at UNK. Hey, we're not going to put you on the spot. We won't do predictions. <laughs> I kind of want to. Yeah. But we'll uh, you, you hear the music. We're, we <laughs> ran out of time. <laughs> oh, we were out of time. He's one of the best in the business. I love every time we get together this week. Uh Worth to note, we will wait until after um, the, the championship games. We'll, we'll record on Wednesday next week. So uh, if you're tuning in to the live stream, uh, look for that on Wednesday. Or chances are it will be early as we're going to try to get JP en route to his vacation. It is the holidays. Yep, and we are also moving exclusively to Herd at Sports on December 1st. So that is where you'll be able to find uh, 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 the show moving forward. Let's go Herd at Sports. It's my man, Andrew Rogers and company. Team Heard Out Sports. Uh, we're back next week. You hear the music. That's Nebraska Preps Post Games. That's Jacob Badilla. I'm ODB. That's my man Shane Schillerberg on the ones and twos. We'll be back next week.